So, how's it going, Ian? Um, thanks for doing this. Great to have you here. Um, so, to start off, you do a radio show with DDR, Firejaw and Ear. So, could you give us a quick introduction to that, and then we'll get into the team of today's interview. Yeah, so um, around this time last year, um, I was on tour with uh, Lancome, and we were over in London, and we were asked to do a one-off show for NTS Um and we did that and I yeah I had just had lots of fun doing it and I was kind of like you know I had it in my head to do a radio show for a long time but kind of never just never got around to it I never really saw an easy way to do it but um I got back over here and um I was chatting to it's actually like Vicky Langan I was chatting to and she was going oh you know I should totally just do a radio show you know like that was deadly the NTS one just do a radio show and I was going yeah mate a radio show yeah and uh (laughs) So I yeah I got in touch with DDR and I you know kind of told them what I wanted to do and they said yeah deadly and gave me a spot so it's um I'm gonna be putting out episode number fourteen next week and so basically what I look at in the show is like it's basically it's generally based around Irish traditional music and um, at the start it was more kind of fifty fifty mix between traditional music and traditional songs but now it's kind of gone more in the song direction which is more kind of what I'm interested in personally but basically it just tries I just try to like turn up odd strange interesting recordings and and what I've done in a lot of shows is kind of drawn links to kind of other disparate um, musical genres and subgenres so like in some episodes I looked at connections with Irish songs that in some way or form made their way to like Jamaica or the Caribbean or you know maybe what became of songs when they went over to the States and how they kind of changed and transformed along the way and um, of I suppose most interest to us today is on a few episodes I've looked at kind of links with um, punk yeah, and punk scene and just just strange parallels that you wouldn't normally draw between the two i just yeah that's what I kind of, i'm kind of into doing yeah which is great yeah there's um it, is it your first episode you talk about uh drawing a comparison between a traditional song and working by coxbar which is yeah which is about working on a building site or working on a site and also signing on I think is yeah. it the last is it the last verse or the chorus of the Coxbar song? It's like we're all signing on. It's like it's not just me being one person. Like everyone here is doing this. Yeah. And I, I thought it was great. I mean, I was happy by listening to your show to accidentally be listening to Coxbar. It's I welcome that anytime. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I've 
because they've got the work in part one and the work in part two. Yeah. And yeah, so the work in part one, yeah, it's all about that, like you said. And that reminds me of a, a song that me and my brother used to play years ago. It was like, um, it was a kind of a, a parody of Ride On by Christy Moore called Sign On. And it was based <laughs> on a bit of graffiti that uh, I saw in Galway once down the laneway. And it's this amazing graffiti. It was done like in like Book of Kells type, like Celtic character, you know, like the, where the first letter is really big. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was really beautifully done. But what it said was, um, God bless the doll. The system works <laughs> just down this lane. Right? <laughs> yeah. And so we wrote a song based all around that. And it's just about, yeah, just about like fucking signing on and saying, you know, why would you want to work? Just sign on. It's grand. Yeah. Um, it's one thing that Ireland does well, you know. Um, yeah. But then, yeah, the, the link that I drew in that show between the work in part two, which is also called I Fit Central Heat.
and um, so it's all about this lad. He's got you know he's going around the houses uh, and you know fixing the central heating but while the husbands are at work and it's all this kind of like carry on (laughs) being the lady you know getting on and you kind of using these um like you know using like the symbolism of tools and all that for like sexual organs and some and so that's something that i realized was employed heavily in this traditional song called the jolly tinker and so the jolly tinker is all about this you know this tinker he's rambling around the countryside visiting the big house and um, while the while the lord is away and you know he's talking about like um oh well the, you know the lady sh- lady showed me all the all the all the holes that she wanted me to block up so you know i i i did that for her and then like some versions are really filthy and i think if anybody is a fan of the wicker man you'll recognize this song from when um Lord Summerisle and the teacher Miss Rose are sitting down at the piano. Oh yeah, yeah. And they're singing a version of it called uh, The Tinker of Rye. There was a tinker lived of late who walked the streets of Rye. He bore his pack upon his back. Patches and plugs did cry. Oh, I have brass within my bag. My hammer's full of metal. And as to skill, I will conduct and mend a broken kettle. A maiden did this tinker meet, and to him boldly say, Oh, sure, my kettle hath much need, if you will pass my way. She took the tinker by the hand, and led him to her door. Says she, my kettle, I will show, and you can cloud it sure. For patching and plugging is his delight. His work goes forward day and night. Fair maid, says he, your kettle's cracked. The cause is plainly told. There has so many nails been thrown. Mine own could not take hold. Says she it hath endured some knocks, and more it may I know. I'm sure a large, large nail will hold, if it was struck in so. For patching and plugging is his delight, his work goes forward day and night. Yeah. Um, and so that's, that's that, actually, a yeah. Scottish version of this song, yeah. Um, and so some versions like are really dirty, and it's this kind of like motif of the underdog kind of showing um, the underdog winning the day through his sexual prowess, you know. And it's basically <laughs> like some versions are like, oh well, you know, we filled up all the rusty holes and he blocked them up, and but then like the butler came in, so he back scuttled the butler, the butler, and then. He was sent down to hell and like he rode the devil when he went down to hell and all like some of them are just you, you listen to it just going fucking <laughs> really full on but um yeah so i was i was just really tickled to find that that was like a, a like a, a motif that had survived on true like the music of coxbauer you know yeah and it's it's kind of i mean it's in a lot of um it's a team with a lot of punk is just also being a, like having one up by being a messer or being a chancer like yeah yeah you know, absolutely it's i mean I'm trying to think of specific amp- examples but it's in lots of stuff and even like well there's another like 
social welfare songs like crass you know like do they also live in this yeah yeah the anthem but it's it's the same thing it's well that's that's like a bit more overtly political as like no this is exactly what should be happening you know it's it's more about the uk it's about welfare state and all of that but it is saying the same thing it's like you know now we're not fucking we're not gaming the system the system should exist to be like this yeah, we're just yeah. smart enough to know that's right we're not like yeah, yeah, yeah. thinking thinking not this is some kind of, of it, like... yeah exactly yeah <laughs> There's loads, of, you know. I was thinking about uh, even Salonica. Now, I wouldn't obviously. There's only bits and pieces of those lyrics, like stay in my head. But um, there's a line about you know all the slackers. You know, it's like yeah, we yeah yeah we don't give a shit about signing up for the military. We don't think that's noble. We're smarter yeah. than that, you know. Yeah, which I, no, exactly. which feels like a hundred different punk songs. You know, the yeah. same theme. It's like oh, why would you bother? Bit, yeah. <laughs> That could fit in so well, and I love that. Um, it's like you know, just a really cheeky way of going. Yeah, well, Grant, you you go away and fight in the <laughs> army. You'll come back with a leg and a half. And yeah, you, okay, you're laughing at us for being the slackers, but we're gonna have two legs at the end of the day. <laughs> you know? Like what's like? So when the war is over, what will the slackers do? Um, we'll be all no. That's okay. When the war is over, what will the soldiers do? They'll be hopping around with a leg and a half, but the slackers <laughs> yeah. will have two. And then when the war is over. What will the slackers do? We'll be all around the soldiers for the loan of a bob or two. So like, <laughs> they're coming back with like maybe a bit more money, but only one and a half legs. But still, we'll be tapping a bit of cash off them. Yeah, you know? it's like got your priorities straight. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I wonder if he's dead I wonder if he knows he has a kid with a foxy head So right away, so right away So right away, Salonica, right away, me soldier by And when the war is over, what will the stackers do? To be all around the soldiers for the loan of a bomb or two So right away, so right away so right away, Salonica, right away, me soldier by. 
And when the war is over, what will the soldiers do? They'll be walking around with a leg and a half and the slackers wheel up to So right away, so right away So right away, Salonica, right away, me soldier by They taxed a pound of butter, they taxed a halfpenny bun But still with all their taxes they can pay the bloody hunt So right away, so right away so right away, Salonica, right away, be soldier by. They tax the Coliseum, they tax in Mary's Hall. Why don't they tax the bombies with their backs again the wall? So right away, so right away. So right away, Salonica, right away, be soldier by. When the war is over, what will the slackers do? For every kid in America, in Cork there will be two. So right away, so right away, so right away, Salonica, right away, me soldier by. For they takes us out to Blarney, they lays us on the grass. They puts us in the family way and lets us on the grass. So right away, so right away. Right away, Salonica, right away, me soldier by. There's lino with the pepper and in the kitchen too. At last my chef and nail that we got from the kitchen. So right away, so right away. So right away, Salonica, right away, me soldier by. I never marry a soldier, a sailor or a marine But keep your eye on the shink and buy with his yellow, white and green So right away, so right away So right away, Salonica, right away, me soldier by Yeah, so the, like that, the Cogspire thing, I was, I was thinking about, I think I was, like, I was listening to uh, I was listening to that show in work and then so the rest of the day I was like yeah I mean it makes total sense and it's so the, the show or the, the interview today we're going to we're going to be talking about different parallels between punk and trad songs but it's you know I, I don't think it's a, an amazing revelation that's that there that that exists because it makes total sense I mean punk is good punk whether it's super political whether it's totally messing whatever it is it's mostly just deciding to give yourself a voice and just deciding to have a little community of people sharing yeah. voices on the same themes which is the exact same as traditional music you know it's a group yeah. of people telling stories in different ways it's just one is louder and ruder than the other. Although, yeah, yeah, yeah. ruder yeah. in different ways now. <laughs> yeah, but I was thinking about this, you know, I think it's something that I kind of find it fascinating because in some ways, yeah, like, I mean, I can look at it in one way and go, well, yeah, it's exactly the same thing. It's people who have maybe not a lot of resources. They don't have a lot of ways of making their voices heard. But, like, they found this way. Like, okay, so you look at, like, folk music, um, folk song. It's, like, very simple in structure, you know. It's something that's really available to everybody. It's not super complicated. You don't have to be trained in music to be able to yeah, sing yeah. traditional songs, you know. It's usually, like... The, the structure of the songs like you know A A B A like melody wise you know it's something that's very very simple in a lot of ways and it's 
and because of that it would have been kind of available to everybody you know you don't have to be a great singer or anything to sing these songs and that's you know that's punk that's the whole three chords yeah, exactly yeah you yeah know, like yeah just get a guitar learn three chords bam there you go just you can fucking stand up now and you know shout yeah. about all the stuff that's getting you down or all this yeah. stuff unjust in the world you know yeah exactly um, yeah. but but then again it, it, it's weird because to me in some ways i see that kind of side of like folk song or traditional song as kind of separate to like traditional music in a way or the way that traditional music has been kind of put forward in this country or the way it's been portrayed because in some ways you see that um okay like punk and traditional irish music they both kind of transcend just being genres of music i think in some ways they've got a lot of weight of ideology behind them absolutely yeah, yeah. And where there is that ideology they between punk and trad they came to be kind of like disparate to each other like they're like one is like the antithesis of the other it's like you know traditional music is all about like upholding traditions and maybe has this like nostalgic view of the past where like punk is about like smashing those traditions especially where they're like um you know they're seen to be like unjust or they're seen to be yeah have no meaning anymore so it's smashing them and it's about maybe in the most like ideological forms of the music about like you know envisioning a different future for everybody you know like with crass and the dog yeah you know? it's true yeah i mean a lot you know i've thought about this um a lot with punk that it's a lot of it is about destruction um i was thinking like i was when i was researching this i was looking at the politics like punk Punk doesn't have a specific politics, but a lot of the time and a lot of the scenes to proliferate come from organized anarchist scenes, like not just anarcho-punk, but just scenes that run out of a few DIY venues that have a flat organizational structure. No one owns anything, which is a way of preserving it. And I was reading Bakunin, and there's a, it's like a perfect Bakunin quote to put into describing punk, where he talks about destruction being a creative urge which is exactly what punk wants. It's like destroy yeah, everything yeah. so we can make something better. And I often think like kind of different levels of dogmatic traditional forms of anything, not, not just traditional music. It's about, well, we had it better in the past. And I often think they're both saying the same thing. It's like, it's shit now. <laughs> you know, it's yeah, like, yeah, yeah, it was yeah. better in the past. I can both agree on like, at least. That. We have to break everything to make it better in the future, but it's, both kind of saying the same thing and yeah yeah not that one is better than the other but you might as well keep moving forward so if you can get the best yeah, of both and keep yeah. moving forward that's how you get somewhere yeah um, um but then again i mean there's so many different strands of like thinking in both of those different worlds as well you know like as you know yourself like in in, in punk there's just so many different sub genres and some of which are completely at loggerheads to each other like you know i'm sure oh, totally. like, like <laughs> anarcho-punk and like oi or something you know like it's yeah you know um it's almost like worlds apart and then it's also like in the trad world if you look at like the cultist kind of style of trad and then like you know something like uh i don't know like christy moore at his at his most radical kind of like times you know they're completely separate as well you know like yeah yeah both coming from a totally different place there was a terrible frenzy when ronnie reagan came himself and his wife and his entourage epitomized all that is unpalatable about america they came here and pushed everyone aside walked upon our ways and trampled upon our culture purely for photo opportunities 
All the gobshites and charlatans had a field day on this occasion of gross crassness and bad taste. Doubtless, there are a large amount of the same surrounding the visits of John F. Kennedy and Bill Clinton, but somehow their visits also had aspects of genuine empathy and love for this tiny island. At the time of Reagan's visit, I would not have been a big fan of the Irish special branch, but I nevertheless was irked by the manner the US police came in and literally shoved our poor men aside. I recall seeing large helicopters down in Munster one day, and there was an eerie discomfort at the huge invasive presence around the country. Babies were kissed, lounges got a coat of paint, toilets got paper, and Garrett giggled and fawned. The island of saints and scholars and gum beans and fucking arse lickers. Hey, Ronnie Reagan, I'm black and I'm pagan, I'm gay and I'm left and I'm free. I'm an unfundamentalist, environmentalist. Don't bother me. You're so cool playing poker with debt as the joker. You've nerve, but you don't assure us. But your paranoid vistas of mad sandinistas and the way you're defending Honduras. We'll dig shelter halls when we've bargained our souls as for purging and crews we shovel. While the myth of our dreams turns to nightmares from the White House right back to the hovel. Hey, Ronnie Reagan, I'm black and I'm pagan. I'm gay and I'm left and I'm free. I'm an unfundamentalist, environmentalist. Don't bother me. You were wearing the green down in Ballyporeen in the town of the Little Padero. With your arm around Garrett, you dangled your carrot, but you'll never get me to join NATO. As your dollars beckon, I think we should reckon on the cost of accepting your goal. Join your alliance and do. Oh, what's left when our freedom is sold? Hey, Ronnie Reagan, I'm black and I'm pagan. I'm gay and I'm left and I'm free. I'm an unfundamentalist, environmentalist. Please don't bother me. Yeah, and that's, it's funny, I mean, in a way, I guess that's a good thing because they're both rich enough practices that loads of stuff can exist within it, you know, like in terms of yeah, thinking yeah. about it abstractly that like everyone can get on to some extent <laughs> while doing disparate things. Yeah. But also it's it's coming back to talking about like with punk, it's seen as like a DIY practice. It might be seen more as either understanding traditions or oral traditions or just listening to the people who knew about it years ago with um, yeah. folk and with trad. It's having that, that the, the power to proliferate it exists within people. So it's not, you know, it's punk's independence, you know, it's always, always tried to work counter to a music industry and there's, you know, label discord is still celebrated for being totally independent still. And yeah, you know, bands that get really big, get really big because they put out a tape off their friend, you know, <laughs> they made 10 shitty copies off their friend's duplicator and then yeah, they got yeah. big and toured or whatever. It still comes yeah. from this small practice of there's always going to be people making it happen in one way or another. And 
it's I think it's it's a similar thing with Chad. I think that like there's always a hundred people in the background who have always been grafting away to make sure stuff keeps happening. And it's the same with punk. It's not so much the person I always think it's not so much the person up on stage being like, Yeah, I know everything about everything or I I'm gonna break everything down. It's their friend who can drive, <laughs> who loans yeah. some backline or drives books for band or whatever. Exactly, like. yeah. Mm. Who are like they're keeping they're keeping the spirit of it and the practice of it going as yeah. much as the person up shouting. I mean someone still has to keep shouting, so you know. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Interdependence, I suppose. Yeah. Um, yeah. Well, everyone does what they can. Um, yeah. but yeah, and I mean that was for that was something that really struck me like when I so I think the first kind of parallel that I would have noticed or picked up on between the two worlds was like the songs themselves, you know. Yeah. And that's what we'll talk about that in a bit, but what I was gonna say there is kind of what I noticed then when I started going to like sessions in Dublin, like in the cobblestones or whatever, was what really struck me was like, oh, it was like all the stuff that I believe in about like DIY music, about like no like rock stars, about any of that stuff, to me that was taken to another level with the form of the session. Yeah, um, yeah. You know, people sitting around just in the corner of the pub playing tunes. Like, if you know the tune, you join in. If you don't know it, you sit out. There's no, you know, well, I mean, okay, after getting to know sessions for years, I realized that this is maybe my initial view was a bit more idealistic, but I'm going to just go with the idealistic version at the moment. <laughs> it's simpler. Um, but yeah, just seeing, I was like, wow, these people, they just have no egos at all. And they're just sitting there playing this music. There's no stage. There's no bouncers. There's not even any money exchanging. Like, yeah, the barman is throwing them down a few drinks. And they're, most of the people here are just playing this music purely for the love of playing the music. Yeah. They're not doing it for any great award. They're not like looking around trying to get the applause of, yeah, you know, yeah. people, like people are kind of not even paying attention to them, you know? And I was yeah. like, this is like, to me, that was like a distillation of what, I loved about the punk scene, you know, about um just that that thing that like yeah anybody can give it a chance. Just get a band together, and you know you're going to get a gig, and all of a sudden you have a platform to just do whatever, you know. Yeah, yeah. So everyone is the band. If you know, if there's no stage, and if you can just join in, then it's like, yeah, then it's it's so yeah. more that it's not you can't have ego because it's everyone. Yeah, yeah. and so I mean, I, I kind that's of, totally I kind idealistic, of... but. Yeah, very, I mean, very <laughs> um, what What's punk without a bit of idealism, you know? Exactly. Um, yeah. So, that, yeah, that's really what I saw when I, when I was looking at these sessions. And I, I was like going, yeah, this is like that aspect of punk, but even better, you know? It's like taken even to, to a, a higher level. And that was that was something that really struck me, you know, between the two the two kind of scenes. Just that very, like, decentralized, um, just the, like, accessibility of it, really, you know? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And as, as you say, it's like a bit of idealism. Idealism is healthy anyway. You know, it's yeah, we're all especially if you if you get in into any subgenre or any scene. You get really you get really into pessimism, <laughs> you know, <laughs> you have to be pessimistic. And it's I've often thought I was I was watching a band a couple of years ago and they were all. I think the oldest of them had turned 18 the week before the gig and I was I stand there next to um, friend Wayne um, and we both looked at each other and we're like, fuck, like children are playing music again. <laughs> like this, <laughs> this is, this is what it's all about. And we had like, you know, for two people who like became friends by giving out, like 
anyone, if anyone recorded the conversation we had afterwards, it was very utopian. But yeah. it's like, you need that, you know, the same as you need to go to a session and be like, ah, yeah, you know, I know that lad hates that lad and they haven't spoken in years and yeah, yeah. they're annoying bollocks. But you know what? It's still <laughs> happening. <laughs> it's like, yeah, yeah. no one's perfect. It's still yeah. happening. And there's, again, there's a framework that means that even if things aren't working as idealistically as they should, the framework still works. And it's like, I firmly believe DIY always still works, you know, and it's to, to bring it back to why we're doing this, like you can call DDR totally DIY, you know, it's not oh, for profit. Yeah. It's everyone's doing it off their own back. And here we are talking in the middle of 24 hours of people pulling together a full day long live broadcast. You know, it's, um, Oh, it's absolutely inspiring. Like yeah, it. it's yeah. it's funny. It's um, Michelle, rising down, Michelle said to me a couple of years ago, she was like, you know, all the real punks are in techno these days. <laughs> she was <laughs> like, this is where the DIY spirit is actually happening and people are making amazing stuff. And the politics yeah. is so to the forefront. And um, yeah, I mean, Michelle's really wrong. <laughs> but, uh, but it's, um, it's. I often think about, you know, for me, I say, I say, I probably say DIY a hundred times a day, you know, like it's a, it's, it's a bad habit at this stage. It's like a verbal tick, but that spirit of just doing it no matter what and keeping the thing rolling, no matter what you'd see it in punk and trad. You'll also see it in electronic music. I mean, like techno is, or you know, I say techno, a lot of electronic music probably has much more radical backgrounds you know you look at detroit you look at underground resistance oh, and yeah. stuff like that and uh, you know you look back at black flag or crass or whatever and it's like it's just angry white lads yeah yeah <laughs> yeah i know yeah so it seems like a lot less I, radical now yeah. doesn't it like when you look at it compared to other so i feel like yeah. i had a waste a wasted youth thinking i was like doing something subversive <laughs> yeah yeah, but, yeah. It's, not, it's not a competition though it's yeah <laughs> No, it's not, and I think that's, that, that was the kind of um, no. That's probably like the, the most radical thing that was available to us, you know, growing up. Well, that's it, yeah. And the times that we did, you know. And to um, not to pat everyone on the back, but uh, there's a very healthy thing happening in Ireland at the moment. Through things like DDR, everyone is interconnected, you know. And there's yeah. there's people making full on pop. They're going to be full on pop stars who are they're out in the streets protesting at the weekends as well, you know. And it's, yeah. 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 Not not that that wasn't happening before, but um Yeah. You know, that's that's maybe for another conversation for the fifth birthday maybe, but uh yeah. <laughs> um, the Irish scene oh, is really inherently radical at the moment, which is uh pretty Yeah. Bad. Yeah, definitely because I, I was I, I was looking at um uh one of basically one of the Lancome videos that we did on um just the, some American thing we did and there was somebody in the comments and they were going like, "Oh, these these fucking like left wing people, they they want to destroy Irish culture, and I was like, what? What? Hang on a second, I was <laughs> yeah. like, look at Ireland at the moment. Anybody making anything? Okay, there's a lot of people making amazing stuff, and all of them are coming from a very strong like fucking radical left wing background. It's like, who are the right wing people making fucking anything? Like culture, <laughs> yeah. they don't do it. Like right wing people aren't creative. They don't make fucking culture. So that's I, it, yeah. I just the comment really and I was like almost about to write back to them and I was like, Oh no, <laughs> you don't do that like that. No. <laughs> yeah. People in the comments fucking getting in arguments like but it was just hilarious because it just made me think, looking around the country at the moment, like across all the different genres, there is like just people making amazing stuff and you hear like the phrase, you know, the golden era of Irish music 
being put around a bit and I, I completely agree with it. I think it's amazing the stuff that's happening in the country at the moment. And it but I think it's really amazing to see that um yeah, like the kind of like the political side is to a forefront across all those different genres and it seems like everybody you know, you might be making completely different music, but you're like, you know, you have a respect for each other and there's a camaraderie going on at the moment, totally like completely across all the different scenes. Yeah. Yeah. I find it, I find it amazing. I I think it's, it's class. It's a great time. I mean, I, the band I play in horse were like, if it was, if it was 10 years ago, we'd have been playing to the same 15 people all the time. But the way things are now, like we've just through the fact that also everyone knows everyone, everyone appreciates everyone. We were playing like, we played a gig there last year and oh, we played a festival and like sister Nancy played that festival, a bunch of amazing Irish like pop was at that festival and like, um, you know, Extra Vision played.
And I just, I thought about the lineup abstractly as just a thing to go and look. And I was like, Jesus, things are really, things are really healthy and yeah, really overtly political. But also like, you know, when I was at my most cynical, <laughs> I never thought I'd be like playing some of the noisiest music I've ever played to a bunch of people who are then going to go and like dance to a new Jackson, new Jackson set all night as well. And it's like, everyone's really open-minded. Maybe they all as were, and I was actually too up my own mind <laughs> to realize, but it's like, no, and it's, it's, it's different for some it's, reason. Again, it's, it's one of those, you know, it's, it, with punk, with traditional music, it's like, you fight really hard to make a sustainable way of having a laugh, no matter what, I think. And like with, yeah. with, music no matter how what level of independent or diy it is now everyone is fighting really hard to have a good time and um like even this year you know it's like we moved a lot of gigs online and um people figure out how to have a party on their own in their house and um talk in a chat box all day and be like yeah no yeah it's it's the same as being the smoking area it's grand because that's again if you're if your politics are any way good you're like yeah it's it's selfish to try and go and like see other people now. So uh, yeah, yeah. If you're if you're dedicated, you'll go have a laugh, however you can. Yeah, you'll find some way to do it for sure. And that's maybe that's the new version of saying DIY. It's like very committed to having a laugh all the time. <laughs> <laughs> it's a mouthful, but I'll figure it. Yeah. I'll figure it out. D H D. Oh yeah, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> we'll, so we'll, work. <laughs> we'll work it out. Hmm. So before we finish up, um, I was talking about a couple of other specific parallels. I don't know if you have any in mind um, that we can talk about, but there's, it's a thing, I I mean, I find it fun and like, let's say we can start by talking about, I was talking about the His Heroes Gone song, Monuments to Thieves, which someone sent me. To be honest, I love His Heroes Gone. I've never read the lyrics until this summer. (laughs) didn't know that Monuments to Thieves is about statues, you know, um, the first couple of lines, statues built for bastards, monuments to thieves, who carved the name of the white man, the backs of the trees that hung black bodies, which, you know, that's definitely an appropriate song to have been talking about this summer. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. When people were taken to the streets, when people were saying, you know what, fuck all of this. It all needs to be changed dragged down yeah. burnt um and everyone agreed which was amazing you know i was like talking to my mother on the phone she was like yeah what's the point now that christopher columbus statue that's box you know yeah. <laughs> everyone yeah, yeah i think yeah for because for us over here in ireland obviously that's something that's been going on for the last like 150 years you know <laughs> yeah, like, yeah. the concerted effort for going back a long time of people like blowing up or pulling down or decapitating statues you know around uh the country and in dublin especially i mean there's, yeah. there's a, a few songs i think written about um the blowing up of nelson's pillar yeah in dublin um and there's stories about that when um i think the dubliners played a gig in liberty hall like the night after and the head made an appearance on the stage really? wow. yeah, yeah i've heard a number of stories about that amazing and then there's uh there's yeah there's another song uh called goff's immortal statue um, and that's written about there. so there was um, this equestrian statue in the Phoenix Park of like an admiral uh, in the English army called Gofos. I can't remember his full name, but um, apparently it's it's the site apparently of Winston's Churchill's earliest memory is like being at this statue. Right. And it was like oh you know it's a really fine statue. So um, 
they uh I think first of all they the IRA like just blew tried to blow it up but didn't succeed and then somebody sawed its head off in the middle of uh, one of the nights so it's this it's the song it's written to the air of like um Lily Marlene like this kind of like German World War Two era like pop song that was out and it's a uh, yeah it's just it's all about the the head that was cut off it's it's got kind of a comedic kind of thing you know yeah I went all didn't you hear about it it happened in the park the Christmas bells were ringing and the night was very dark and there neath the depot of the law he used his saw without a flaw on God's So yeah, it's, it's a really uh, nice parallel to see. With now, I think it's it's a quite a, a punk kind of ethos behind. Both. Absolutely, and it's like you know, Tom in your nose to be like, yeah, well, fuck you, yeah. you know, your statues can't stay up forever, you know, yeah, and yeah. having That's a laugh cool. about it, you know, it's like the, let's say those lyrics I was reading are super serious and saying something important and serious, but having a laugh about it is good, and I mean that. I was saying at the start that happens in punk a lot as well. Like that's even with Crass, some of my favorite lyrics are actually when they're just being really stupid about something really. Silly. <laughs> yeah, you know? yeah, like, like what's the, the, the song like? Fucking, this is one of the stupidest Crass songs. Secure car cares. Like, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like that song, I was, I was like, what, what, why, are, why secure car of all things? Like, you know? <laughs> like, is there some like underlying level of symbolism in this song that I'm not getting because are they just really angry about secure car? Like, yeah. <laughs> it's just because it works as a good song title. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs>
Cheap Farmer in the Falklands as well, which is I find mad because it's like God, it's it's like so violent and they're being they're so goofy at the same time. It's it's like dizzying. It's fucking great. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Um, yeah. I heard um, there's a lot of uh, class remixes because I think they make all the stems available. They did, um, yeah. Um, yeah. There's some people I, doing deadly remixes and stuff that I heard. Yeah, I haven't I haven't gotten to listen to any of them. I was going to try and do one, um, but I totally forgot about it. But the stems are still there. I'll do yeah. it anyway. I, anytime, I, anytime I play records in public, um, some crass gets played, no matter what it is. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I don't be going to many, playing records at many respectable things anyway, but... Uh, yeah. Well, you hear, yeah. like, yeah, I mean, people often talk about, oh, you know, like, crass didn't really have any... Um, no, they weren't very musical, or it was more about the ideology. But like, I think some of their stuff is totally banging. Like, you know, it's absolutely, it's yeah, no, it's, um, yeah, it's, it's super catchy. And yeah. like, and if you look at like, I think like Penis Envy, especially like some of the songwriting on that is is I think quite uh, accomplished. You know, like totally, um, yeah. And it's melodically and musically speaking, when when you know when you take away the you call it, take away the Steve Ignorant and the solo, like ah, it's like actually. Yeah, it's 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 amazing.
and it's uh, that that kind of bouncy marchy drums it's you can dance to it like you know yeah it's yeah great. one one drumby fits all yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah i was someone was saying like after crass split up like penny rambo tried to join some other bands but the only drum beat you could play was like dun, 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 dun. so yeah it just didn't work free jazz and whatever <laughs> but uh i oh, know i love yeah love like kind of crass subhumans and um, conflict and especially rudimentary penai although they're very different but it was like that kind of more kind of side of like diy and ideologically driven and um, punk that was really like kind of closest to my heart you know and um, like subhumans were probably the first punk band i got into when i was like when i was 12 i would have been more into like metal and stuff when i was 12 but so you know some mates older brother gave me just like a mixtape and then that was just like whoa like fucking just changed <laughs> yeah. everything you know put my whole outlook of on life on a different trajectory yeah and it's i think that i mean that that era was also very good at i mean i do think crass did it i think rudimentary peanut did it really well that, like you don't have to read the lyrics and it's just like this is really cool and atmospheric and then you yeah. read the lyrics or you look at the fucking artwork which is an integral part of it as well yeah particularly with that band yeah absolutely and like yeah there's you can be chewing on this forever you know like I'll, yeah. i might not listen to rudimentary peanut for a couple of years and then i'll put something back on and I'm like oh jeez like i have to yeah. like figure this out a little bit more it's like oh you know, it's like peanut, yeah they're, they're one i go back to just time after time because yeah like like you're saying there's so much there you can just always go back to it and be like jesus and find something new and whether it's in I don't know if the artwork is just out of this world, like Nick Blinko, which I think his stuff is absolutely phenomenal. Um, absolutely, yeah. And, but then something like Cacophony, like, you know, a, a HP Lovecraft fucking concept album, like, it's just, it's like, what the fuck is this? Like, you know, when you see the, the kind of, the band started off, do, you know, doing the kind of Crass Records thing, and maybe they were a bit more, um, you know, to the kind of peace punk side of things, but then they brought out, like, Death Church, which is just way more stuff going on. Maybe it's closer to, like, death rock or something then there's like yeah, cacophony just the hate for lovecraft and then they all the later stuff they made which was like all the songs are like just really dark haikus or something else like three lines repeated in each song and even like think you know like 10 years ago they're bringing out like echoes of anguish and those shorter eps i think that's that's up there with like the best of their stuff you know because they kept kind of progressing and kept changing over the years i think it's yeah just one of my favorite bands of all time really like Absolutely, top three yeah. bands ever
you know, it sounds like the arrogant or whatever, but I think anyone could learn something from listening, even if the music does nothing from you. There's something amazing happened there, you know, like, and that's, again, it comes back to the DIY thing that, like, a band can be inactive for ages or they can have a famous period and then do stuff that, like, half or a quarter of their audience heard. It was some of the best stuff they ever did because yeah. they're just going, they're going to be making it if anyone hears it or not, which is... Yeah. Oh, it's it's a I'm a big fan yeah. and I think you have to like as well I kind of just taught there like it brings home the value of having that kind of um, you know that avenue or that kind of um, way of expressing yourself if you look like somebody like Nick Blinko and his you know his kind of issues with mental illness and stuff you know you think about somebody like that having the ability to express himself through the art and the music and having the DIY scene that was there and available to him you think about like you know people don't have that avenue how else do they express themselves you know if they didn't have that way to kind of catharsize whatever's going on inside them um, yeah. It and yeah and it's yeah be a much worse situation for for everybody yeah and that's i think that also because you know so much punk let's say it's like what's fun about it is that it feels throwaway it's like saying something really important while Tom and your nose are just being a mess or whatever, but actually the fact that you're constantly making documents and let's say like it was a liberating thing for someone like Nick Blinko to be making music, someone who's got severe mental health issues, who sings about it, talks about it, is open about it, lives it and lives it through the music, which means the music is a document. And I'd say for someone like me experiencing that, it's the music without knowing nothing is deadly. I like it and it really resonates with me, but knowing that it is part of a self-liberating act means so much more. And I think we can bring up maybe back a small bit to talking about parallels there as well, that that's, that's something in some of my favorite punk that is, there's this self-liberation, you know, there's whether it's feminist punk scenes, queer punk scenes or like, I was thinking about Los Crudos, who are, you know, Mexican, Latino people singing about the fact that, you know, there's a song, uh, it's got a slur in the title, so I won't say it, you know, but they're saying, we're that slur yeah, yeah. band. And it's like, yeah, you know, this is us. What are you going to do about it? We're, we're punks too. We're awakening our music too. They're actively by existing, by playing gigs with bands who might have had a lot of, inbuilt racism they're saying well what's the difference And it's the same with Marcin's other band, Limprist, you know, it's like, yeah. like Limprist are one of my favorite punk bands because their music is absolutely ripping. And it's the same as Knifed in Ireland, what the music is all about. It's like, it's about being a gay man and being like, right, you think you're all macho then, you know, yeah. then, why, then why are you afraid of me? I like some of it that's very belittling and I like some of it that's very liberating. Yeah. 
but um, one parallel is one of my favorite uh, folk songs, um, which I actually only heard. I mean, I'm not well versed at all, but I only heard it a couple of years ago when there was, I think, was it a, I'm not sure if it was a house or if it was a haunting site in Wexford. Um, and there was a fire. A lot of people lost their homes. A lot of travelers lost their homes. Um, and it was, you know, it was a dreadful situation. And again, of course, it highlighted Ireland's inherent racism towards travelers. Yeah. And there was um, protests for rehoming some people in Wexford. And I'm from, I'm from County Wexford. And my friend Connor from the Freebooters actually posted up um, the Peckerdon Wexford song, you know, oh, yeah, yeah. about settling in Wexford and never feeling welcome. And it's, I mean, it's a beautiful song. The fact that it's about where I'm from and I'm like, yeah, I mean, it could be about any county in Ireland or any town in Ireland. Absolutely. And the message means the same thing. You're right. <laughs> My family lived in Wexford town, stopped traveling and settled down. Though my father kept a horse and car, oh, we lived within the town. The people there misunderstood, oh, they did not know our ways. So with horse and car back on the road, I began my traveling days. My father was called the Fiddler Dunn, and I'm a fiddler too. Although I often felt his fist, oh, he taught me all he knew. I know I'll never be as good, and yet I feel no shame. For the other things my father taught, I am proud to bear his name. He taught me pride and how to live, though the road is hard and long. And how a man will never starve with a banjo fiddler song. And how to fight for what I own And what I feel is right And how to camp beside a ditch On a stormy winter's night Oh, times were good and times were bad And people cruel and kind but what I learned of people then has stayed within my mind. I'll honor friends with all my heart, do for them all I can. But I've learned to go the road again where the spawn a tinker man. Oh, Wexford is a town I like, but a traveling man they scorn. 
And a man must feel affection for the town where he was born. I know one day that I'll go back when my traveling days are done. And people will begin to wonder what has happened to the pecker done. But, you know, I actually, at the same time where I was working, I was working in an archive and came across a lot of, I was sorting a photographer's collection and came across all this pecker done, like oh, portraits. Yeah. They're amazing. But um, I ended up, you know, really, I'd, I knew very little about Pecker Dunn. I ended up kind of learning a lot more and thinking like, Jesus, yeah, you know, that's, we owe a lot of tradition to travellers in Ireland as well. And yes, oh, absolutely, yeah. Irish, Irish people see themselves as totally welcoming, but it doesn't no. really happen. And it takes, again, it's these oral traditions that remind us of that, you know, like yeah. that, that song. I go back and listen to that song a lot. So. Yeah. Oh no, the Pecker wrote some amazing songs and, um, yeah, just like talking about the, the contribution of travellers to Irish traditional music and to me, like especially to song, is really like it's something that just it's totally overlooked in a lot of ways, you know, because a lot of um I think it wasn't really paid attention to until Tom Munley, who was um song collector for the Irish folklore um well it's now called the uh, the National Folklore Collection, but it was the oh, Irish yeah, yeah. Folklore Commission back when he was working for them, but he would have been one of the first people to kind of pay attention to travelers and he was like yeah actually this 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 group of people have uh, uh, they've kind of retained an amazing body of song and songs that maybe would have been current in the settled community a generation or two earlier but people had kind of forgotten about they were like you know because of television or radio but the travelers kept them going for a long time especially these old like narrative ballads you know and kept them in a very like you know because as the years go by maybe in the later 20th century you'd find older songs but people wouldn't really remember them all of them they might remember like a few verses or whatever but then you have these recordings of travelers and they're singing like 25 26 verse ballads that you know take about like you know what 12 minutes to sing or something yeah, yeah. and they had them like preserved like so well because their 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 own culture was it like more of an oral culture you know um and I, I, yeah, I think that's a, just a, a very, very like valuable contribution, just one that the travellers have made. And I think people aren't aware of it. And it's funny when you see here, come across people, you know, kind of spouting the usual stuff about travellers. I think people aren't aware of the richness of that culture, you know, in many different aspects with their, 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 their language and their customs and their beliefs and the, the singing and the music as well. You know, it's just something that people don't seem to take into account absolutely and it's you know like i so i was talking about various let's say marginalized groups getting a voice or finding a voice in punk and taking a voice in punk through different different scenes or whatever but it's i always like it's very valuable if you consider yourself radical to also know your place you know it's like if you're a very privileged white person and you care about liberation through art through music through whatever then like learning to shut up and help the person who's always been kept quiet is that's how you be a punk or that's how you be radical, you know, and yeah. also learning from them, you know, but um, in Ireland, it's the same thing. It's like, you know, if you, if you see yourself as oh, welcoming and 
full of culture and this and that. It's like if you um, if you're just suppressing and ignoring, you know, and being willfully ignorant or willfully yeah. keeping out these rich traditions that are deeply connected to Ireland, then then you just like an image of yourself that you want to curate a little bit. You're in no way yeah, yeah. committed to things no, actually absolutely. being better or welcoming, you know. That's... Yeah, and I, and I think that's something that as well that I found <laughs> in the traditional music scene. I found that people would have been a lot more aware of that, you know. Yeah. Um, aware of the contribution of travellers to Irish music and song, whether it's like, you know, um, musicians like Johnny Doran or the Rainies or, you know, Maggie Barry or any of these people, you know, it's something that um, I think... I found, yeah, in the in the in the in the trad scene, that people were a lot more kind of open to this and a lot more aware of it, you know, um, which was something I found like, yeah, really really heartening, um, yeah. and yeah, uh, yeah, I just have to say, my own experience of the trad world has been like nothing less than like welcoming, you know. Sometimes yeah. you get the impression when you're outside of a scene, it can seem like it's a lot more kind of cliquey than yeah. it actually is, you know. And but when you actually make the effort to approach it and to interact with it. Um, yeah, like you know, I remember turning up to the Pipers Club about fifteen years ago, being like, "Yeah, I want to learn the pipes." You know, like fucking shaved head with dreads at the back and no <laughs> yeah. more piercings and all, like like totally filthy. And I was like, "Oh, cool, yeah, come on in." And you know, like they're really into the idea that someone was kind of just, ha you know, because in that world, a lot of people would be like, "Oh, you know, I'm the son of blah blah blah, who's a musician." Yeah, That's yeah. what I learned. And a lot of people just they would know each other, you know. So um, I, I was a bit like, "Oh no, they're going to be totally like fucking." They're gonna hate me or really but they're like just the most welcoming people ever, you know. And I thought found that really, uh, just really encouraging. And and I, yeah. it was the same thing, you know, when I started going to punk gigs when I was a teenager, you know, there was always one or two people, like uh, Skinny from Dublin was one of them. They passed yeah, yeah. Away a while ago. He, he, you know, one of the people he'd see it in the bar in like in the old Chinaman in Dublin, and he'd, you know, would see, okay, I'm young and nervous, and he'd come over and be like, oh, how's it going now? What's your name? Oh, you like? Oh, I see you're wearing a fucking cross T-shirt. Yeah, cross are dead, aren't they? Yeah, yeah. And just yeah, making yeah. efforts to welcome you. And I think, uh, you know, like our Connor Dervin, like you mentioned there. There's, there's. I think scenes always have somebody like that who would make an effort to make sure you feel like you're welcome and that you're okay. Yeah, yeah. There's. I mean, there's a lot of those people, and there's. Yeah. You see, you see it in every, you see it in every subculture. But those, you know, those people. They know what they're doing. They know they're being sound, but um. They've probably brought hundreds of people through just by yeah. that being their instinct, you know. In, yeah. in Cork, there's, there's Albert Toomey as well. It's like, you know, he's everyone's gateway. Like, it's like yeah. Albert, no, Albert knows gigs are on before they're even booked, you know. And <laughs> he'll, he'll be inviting everyone to street, in the street along to it. But 10 years down the line, it's like, oh, yeah, you know, he's done about 100 favours for me now. And still doesn't let me buy, buy him a pint. Yeah, he's, and then you see him, you know. He doesn't care. He's not. He's not doing it to be like, yeah, I'm really good at DIY. He's doing it yeah. internalized being DIY, and I think it's the same with like yeah. Skinny and Connor and all these people that you come across who are just they're not kind of you know. I think the, the nice thing about Ireland and punk and DIY is just there isn't too much of the kind of earnest like you know, yeah, we're in this together. It's much more kind of muted and you know, really just nice. Do it. Yeah, they don't. They don't talk <laughs> about doing it. Yeah. They just do it. It's like a, a backwards nod means the world when you're a, a nervous 80 or 16 year old at a gig and someone says, how's it going? Good to see you again. You're like, oh, fuck. Yeah. 
I wasn't sure if I existed. Like, great. Yeah. I'll keep coming. So. Oh, 100%. And I think it goes back to what you were saying as well at the start of the talk that, um, it, yeah, it's, it's just these people in the scenes who are just doing the thing and they just do it because they do it, you know, and there's nothing. Yeah, yeah no question of like a reward or it's not doing it to be seen to be doing it they just do it because they're just living DIY exactly, yeah, that's, yeah. that's what it's all about like you know absolutely um, I reckon we're we're there on time anyway if not a little bit over so um, okay, brilliant yeah that was well, great yeah thanks a lot thanks for doing it anyway and um, if you have any if you have any closing remarks I don't know, like, uh, yeah, I just want to say, like, big congratulations to everyone in DDR, and I think what they're doing is absolutely amazing, like, really, absolutely. really inspiring, and I wish them all the best, and another, like, fucking, yeah, 40 years, if they want, to <laughs> keep doing it for a long <laughs> yeah. yeah, just fucking keep it real, nice one. Absolutely, yeah, nice one, thanks a lot. Diddle, 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 diddle